Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello? Hello, Dr. Monica Gandhi. I'm so sorry about all the runaround. Let's talk. You, don't apologize to me. You're a <laughs> an expert in demand. Come on. Well, I was lucky to be able to talk to the Surgeon General today, which is wonderful. From the Battery Street Studios of KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Monday, December 27th. The Omicron variant is running roughshod across the United States and right here in the Bay Area. The most contagious strain of coronavirus we've seen to date. But doctors and medical experts aren't sounding many of the same alarms as before. To get a better understanding of what we're up against, with Omicron now in each of our neighborhoods, I caught up with one of the world's leading voices on COVID and COVID research, located right here in the Bay Area, Dr. Monica Gandhi, Professor of Medicine and Associate Division Chief of the Division of HIV, Infectious Diseases and Global Medicine at UCSF San Francisco General Hospital. So this has been an interesting few days. It feels eerily similar in some ways to that early 2020 period. For example, we're seeing record cases in a major city like New York. Pro sports leagues are pausing. We're hearing about restaurants having to close. And testing is now once again front and center in the conversation and the urgent need for more access to testing. Why is it different right now with Omicron than, say, even when Delta first came on to the scene? Well, it is very different. And I know it feels scary because of all the cases, but the complete difference right now, and we can see it in New York City of all places where the pandemic hit the hardest at the beginning, is that hospitalizations are staying low uh, with all of these cases. Why are hospitalizations staying low? Because we have much more immunity in the population. Most of it in, in larger places like here in California from vaccination. There's also uh, quite a bit of natural immunity. So all of that is keeping hospitalizations low. And then there is a question, and I think it's still a debatable question, whether Omicron is less virulent even to those who are not vaccinated or don't have natural immunity. That was what was reported from South Africa, that it just seemed to have a different flavor. It didn't cause the oxygenation problems in um, 84% of people who were admitted didn't need oxygen. And there's a couple of laboratory-based studies, one, one on explanted lung tissue and another in the lab that shows that it doesn't look like it infects lung cells very well. So it could be that it's also inherently less virulent. Need more data on that. But we're seeing a lot of good keeping hospitalizations low in places with high cases and high immunity. That's interesting that one of the unknowns, it sounds like, it may be less virulent while at the same time it is much more contagious. Did Am I getting that right? That's right. So we definitely know it's more transmissible. That's like indisputable, yeah. clearly, at this point. Um, and we definitely know that it protects the vaccines, protect you against severe disease. That's the T cell immunity we get from the vaccines. And a booster brings up your um, 
antibodies high. So those are the two things we know. We always needed to know transmissibility, vaccine evasion. Know those answers now. The question of it being more or less virulent, it's definitely not more virulent. That we know because the hospitalizations in any place are different than Delta at the same rates of vaccination. Mm. The question if it's less virulent needs to be sorted out. These pathogenesis studies are very intriguing. They're getting a lot of attention as they should. It doesn't look like they fuse, infect lung cells and and cause the fusion that causes so much damage um, in the lungs. But need more data on that, but we're getting reassured. We, we know the drill with masks. We know the drill with social distancing. Is this why we're starting to hear more about testing and the availability of testing is so you can essentially know your status? Yes. So it's true that um, if you have a, if you have symptoms of a upper respiratory tract infection, it could be it would be Omicron right now. And so you want to test before you go into those gatherings. Um, you also want to test Uncle X at the gathering who's not vaccinated, yeah. please, if he'd be willing to test. Um, it's it, with the increased availability of tests, hopefully we'll be able to test even if you're asymptomatic. But we know that your risk of passing it on is really when you're symptomatic. Mm. Don't feel well. We saw that with Delta. Um, we saw that with the symptomatic breakthroughs with Delta. So at best, test if you don't feel well before you go in those gatherings. Now, we all personally know someone or some of us know several folks who have been vaccinated, even boosted and still contracted a breakthrough case. And if right yes. now we're at, what, 75 plus percent of the new cases right now in this country are the Omicron strain. Is there data on how protective boosters are? So that's a great question. There was um, data, a very small study yesterday that showed that mild breakthroughs were still happening among people in South Africa who were even boosted. It could be because the antibodies which um, you get from the vaccines uh, don't work as well across the spike protein of the Omicron variant, which has 32 mutations across the spike protein. And even getting a booster may not, it, it increases qu- uh, quantity, but it may not yet, you know, neutralize that entire strain because it really does have a lot of mutations. That The good news about all of this is that what T-cells do to protect us uh, is that when we get these from the vaccines is they protect us against severe disease. They protect the lungs lower down. They protect you from getting sick. And so it is possible that people are going to get mild breakthroughs with Omicron. We still need a lot more data. Is it have a higher viral load? Is it have to do with antibodies, even with a booster? But what we're keeping people safe from is what the reason we shut down society to begin with was because COVID caused severe disease. Yeah, yeah. we're in one of those cycles again. We've been through it multiple times before where the news, you turn it on and bam, bam, bam. It's New York, third straight day of record cases. NHL is pausing, you know, its season until after the Christmas vacation. The next obvious questions, Dr. Gandhi, are going to be, do we need to start talking about resuming some of the 2020 measures, temporarily halting indoor dining, work from home. And a hot button for many is distance, learning, and closing schools. Is it possible? Is it too early to tell? Or is it not on the table for a lot of the reasons we talked about, like vaccines and therapeutics? I think if we didn't have vaccines and therapeutics, I'm all for lockdowns. I mean, it's just the right thing to do. 
we were so different. They were in such a different place. And we were trying to prevent people from getting sick, being in the hospital. We weren't actually ever, and we're not going to be able to prevent everyone from testing positive or having mild breakthroughs with, with COVID. It's just, it's, in, it's a very highly transmissible all over the place variant. And this has made it impossible to do so. So if we start changing our focus on protecting our vulnerable people in our society, people who are older or immunocompromised where they could get a severe breakthrough, good masking for those individuals, and then change our focus to the young who are not um, at risk for severe breakthroughs and they're vaccinated, they can live their normal lives. We're going to have to at some point make that shift Mm -hmm. to preventing severe disease and not cases, which is what Singapore did two months ago. I don't think we're there yet in this country. We're still hoping we can stop it, but it's not anyone's fault. It's just the nature of the virus. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to ask you, and it's it's one of the things that I've enjoyed reading your work and, and hearing you speak, and I think it probably goes uh, back to your time in working with HIV AIDS and infectious diseases, and that is the focus on the mental health aspect of all of this. Yes. And, you know, yes. as I've mentioned a couple of times now in our chat, like we're just in the latest cycle of the barrage of news that can be scary and confusing. There's so much of it. And then this time of year with holidays, it's stressful for folks. Yes. What can people do to just sort of, you know, stop and take that deep breath, right? Turn off the news. Turn off the news. <laughs> Turn off the news. Yeah. Turn off Twitter. Um, <laughs> your families, uh, the mental health effects of an ongoing pandemic are real, yeah. and it is why we it is okay to exert your humanity and want to be with your loved ones. And this kind of shame and stigma that we've attached to even getting a mild breakthrough infection seems very non-indicated to me. Um, and that's the kind of stigma we put on HIV. And yeah. the harm reduction approach means. And harm reduction we've always used in HIV is that you say to people, I know there's a pathogen out there. You've done everything that you could. You're going to be okay. Go ahead. We're very fortunate to have uh, yourself and many of your colleagues and team members at UCSF here in the Bay as as a tremendous resource. And again, great follow, my friends, is at Monica Gandhi, G-A-N-D-H-I-9 on Twitter. Dr. Gandhi, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. That's it for today's Bay Current. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe on the Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or just about anywhere you listen. And Bay Current is on YouTube, on the KCBS Radio YouTube page. There's a link in our show notes. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.